In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holler at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as we continue our march towards 200, mm-hmm. we make a stop with one of the true icons, not just of black cinema and entertainment, but I think it's fair to say that this multi-award winning EGOT is an icon of American entertainment, Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And her 1986 film, Jumpin' Jack Flash, which was also the directorial debut of another icon, Penny Marshall, the choice of Lynn Webb. But before we get to that, we like to go through all the feedback that we get from each and every one of you on all of our social medias, as starting with Twitter, where we heard from Mike Brody. What's up, Mike? Who said, hey, thanks for the shout out uh, um, on the recent episode of of in the heat of the night always the jim brown take was hilarious <laughs> just make sure you don't let jim brown know about it yeah just keep that between us <laughs> keep that between us mike <laughs> at, at perry brown in my defense yes in the history of those leather koofies no one actually pulled them off Unless you were like in, you know, Kwame Nkrumah in Ghana in like 1962, or you were Brother X from the X Clan mm-hmm. and you were surrounded by the rest of the X Clan mm-hmm. in 1992. I can think of someone else who pulled it off. Eddie Murphy and the Golden Child. That's right. He did not. He looked ridiculous. He did. He He looked ridiculous. He looked fine. Eddie Murphy actually has something about that where where he says that one of his kids never took that film seriously. Like as soon he says that his his kid, as soon as they turned it on Mm -hmm. and they saw him in that hat, like his daughter or son said, "Get the fuck out of here!" (laughs) And, 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 And like Eddie Murphy acknowledges. That that hat is ridiculous. And that's a direct quote, by the way. Y'all don't know. I just finished telling Lynn I was going to try to stop cussing. But that was a direct quote. Oh, so so you, it, that one counts. That one doesn't count. Direct quotes don't count. The FCC will not find FCC us for that one. The FCC will not find me for direct quotes. But yeah, I don't I don't accept Eddie Murphy pulled it off. I think he did. I think, I think Eddie Murphy pulled it off. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, he wasn't stunting in it. But I think he pulled it off. That's my opinion. Okay. <laughs> That's where you go plant your flag. Uh, at Perry Brown. Hey, what's up, at Perry Brown? Who is currently going by the Twitter name Dolomite is my name fan account. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Um, 
asked us, have we not watched Lifetime's Aaliyah biopic? I humbly beg of you to watch it. Why? Well, one, I was not aware that Lifetime had done a Aaliyah biopic. Yes, you were. I was. You absolutely were, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because if you're like me, Zendaya, or Zendaya, and I never know how to pronounce that little sister's name, but I think Zendaya, that was the first time you actually knew who she was. Because remember, she was cast as Aaliyah. And people had problems with the casting because she was so light. And she said, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's actually true. And she was really magnanimous about it and thoughtful about it. And that was the first. It was like, oh, okay. All right. If you say so. Yeah. If you say that these were also my thoughts at that, the time. I, I, I know you well. You know who Zendaya is, don't you? Yes, I know. She's in uh, the Spider-Man movies. Right. Do you know? Do you remember how you knew who she was? Like, do you remember the very first time? I remember, if I remember, based on my memory, mm-hmm. first time I heard of her was when she was cast in the Spider-Man movies. Nope. I knew that she was, then I heard that she was you somebody. You knew she was a per- right. No, that's the first I, time you heard of her. Well, whatever. Yeah. But, but I had not seen the uh, Lifetime's Aaliyah biopic. I have since uh, Perry Brown brought this to our attention. Mm-hmm. Watched two YouTube videos on this movie. Yes. One, the one minute trailer for the film. Yes. And one, a side-by-side comparison, real life versus what is shown in a movie. Yes. Which is primarily just her singing sure. scenes. Sure, sure, like the footage, video footage. And right. Stuff. right. Having watched these two videos, mm-hmm. which account for about 16 minutes of running time. Mm-hmm. I believe that I have watched it's, it's the not that Lifetime good. It's not that good. Aaliyah biopic. I mean, it's no Unbreak My Heart, colon, the Tony Braxton story. You know, I unfortunately <laughs> did watch that piece of crap. <laughs> Unbreak My Heart, the Tony Braxton story. My God, that was horrible. <laughs> mm. You know, my absolute favorite one of those, though, is the Natalie Cole story. Oh, I never saw that. That was like on CBS like 15, 20 years ago. And the only reason I love it so much, Teresa Russell, Teresa Randall, rather, Mm -hmm. plays Natalie Cole. Oh, that's not a good Well, then you're in luck. Because like three-fourths of the way through the movie, something happens where she's in the kitchen, or she's like, something happened, and she hands something to actually Natalie Cole. And then Natalie Cole plays herself for like the last 45 minutes. And it's, Are you serious? It's amazing. Are you serious? And I was like, wow, is this really happening? And then it really was. And then Natalie Cole was playing herself. And the Natalie Cole story, which does not have as good of a title as Unbreak My Heart, colon, the Tony Braxton story. Are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Unbreak my heart, colon, the Tony Braxton story. <laughs> That's a damn thing. Um, this story was recently posted in our Michelle Mission Facebook group, Vince. Uh, we talked about this film last week. Um, r- right from IndieWire. 
Apple's The Banker Jesus, has been pulled from oh the AFI God. festival the day before the premiere. The theatrical release is now in question. Oh my Apple made the last minute decision to cancel the world premiere of The Banker set to close out AFI's fest on Thursday as the company reportedly investigates charges made by a family member of the late Bernard Garrett Sr., the man played by Anthony Mackie in the film. Um, AFI's Spokesperson confirmed that the film has been pulled from the Los Angeles Festival slate and replaced with Noah Baumbach's marriage story. Uh, we support Apple's decision to postpone the premiere of The Banker. Fortunately, our partners at Netflix have generously allowed us to screen the critically acclaimed uh, marriage story in its in its place. This all stems. Mm. 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 Damn. Oh my boy. Oh my God. Uh, this all stems from a report that the daughters, I believe the stepdaughters of Bernard Garrett Sr. Oh, are they stepdaughters? Yes. Okay. All right. I believe I believe so. I'm this story. Okay, IndieWire. This, this is this is an important detail. Yeah, IndieWire doesn't have like the full right. The full story. So let me go here. I know he was married twice. Yeah, he was married or, twice. Or at least twice. And the son from the first union. Bernard Garrett Jr. Is the producer. Yes. Of this film. Right. And these are accusations that have come up from, as you said, either his stepdaughters. Half-brother. That's what it is. Right. Half- so I thought these were his daughters. Yeah. All right. So it was half-brother. His daughters from the second marriage. Mm-hmm. All right. So here it is. Cynthia Garrett. A former VH1 and MTV broadcaster wrote a lengthy statement about how the banker misrepresents her family story. She alleges that her half-brother, Bernard Garrett Jr., a co-producer on the film, helped develop the project without input from her or her other siblings and skewed the account of the real-life story in a way that omitted her and her mother, Linda, from the story. Um, in a statement to the Hollywood reporter, Cynthia Garrett accused... Bernard Garrett Jr. of molesting her and other siblings over years and helped shape a narrative that uh, elides that abuse. Mm. On November 9th, however, Garrett wrote the following as a comment below IndieWire's write-up on the banker's panel. His real wife is Linda Garrett. Mm. She's my mother. The film focuses on Bernard Garrett Sr.'s first wife, over his second. What's been done here is shocking. My dad would turn in his grave. No script was ever written 20 years ago. My dad wrote a small book he gave us kids. Truth was truth was what he and my mom wanted. Instead, Hollywood is partnered with our half-brother and stolen my mom's story after molesting me and my baby sister mm. for years. What about fact checks? It's sick that these men never seem to care to know the real story here. I worked in Hollywood 30 years. I've spoken about this in my book. In 2016, she pro- published Prodigal Daughter, A Journey Home to Identity. And in conferences for years all over the world. Yet, they partnered with our estranged half-brother and erased us and our mother 
who co-owned all the real estate and the banks. No regard for truth or family or sexual abuse victims being constantly abused. Every producer and star who played a part in this should be ashamed. Apple TV should be ashamed. We would have pride in our dad's story being told, but we all dream we would share our mom and dad's truth accurately my mom is devastated Nia Long is black my mom's face is white I guess Hollywood prefers the racial divide to continue rather than heal it something will now need to be done we are praying Apple TV will make this right somehow Mm. I am absolutely flabbergasted at the shoddy workmanship that has gone into this yeah, I, I, I am actually speechless that no one Googled this guy yeah. and that it got this far. I mean, let's let's just say this. This is a story that is still developing. Maybe there is some nuance that we don't know about. But but old girl sounds like like she has her ducks in a row. And if she wrote a book and has talked about it like this seems like something that 30 seconds on Google would have said, Hey, maybe we need to approach this project differently. And it's not just, you know, one spurned sibling, ladies and gentlemen, a woman claiming to be another sibling, Grace Garnett Garrett also commented. This story is not being told accurately. And Bernard jr. Is lying. Please speak with the other eight children. Oh my. God. Of Bernard Garrett Sr. It's Green Book all over again. This is worse than Green Book. It is worse than Green Book. <laughs> this is worse than Green Book. This is a damn shame. Look, man. Now, it, when we started, before do we turn on the mics? Right, 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 right. Before we, <laughs> and, and there's and a, Vince, there's a podcast right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before we turn on the mics. Yeah. <laughs> When it was Michelle Blue, um, Vince railing against against this whole story. I said, I said, well, while there is blame that can be layered at the feet of Apple TV, yes, um, I wouldn't put most of the blame at their at their feet because they bought a finished product. Sure. However, however, now, hey, pipe, pop quiz. Who who produced and made the finished product? Who brought it to him? Don, don't look at the screen. Tell me off the top of your head who produced and created the project and brought it to Apple TV. Pop quiz. I'm not. I don't know. You know why? Because nobody knows. Right. Because the only name that matters is Apple TV. Yes. Yes. I understand. I I hear you. I hear you. Um. Yeah. I I think I think there's there's more than enough blame to go you, all you, over. You place. know. Apple TV and, and Netflix and, and, and Disney Plus, I'm sure for, uh, for, 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 would you take 500,000? Would you take 500,000? <laughs> no. You wouldn't take 500,000 for, 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 to, to, to do like fact checking for CBC? Oh, yeah. Take well, yeah, you said what the 500,000 was 500, for. 000. All right, all right, all right. 500,000. We're going to say five. For $1 million, which me and Lynn will split. Lynn and I offer our services as researchers using this very complicated algorithm and search engine called, is it pronounced Google? 
Is it pronounced Google? That would be um Is it Google? Google. Google. Google? Google. Google. For five hundred thousand dollars each, Lynn and I would fact check these projects for y'all before you spent untold hundreds of thousands, nay millions of dollars on a project that is this ever gonna see the light of day, do you think? Uh, survey says no. Right. <laughs> so just imagine if you'd have paid me and Lynn five hundred thousand dollars each, we would. Are you sure it's Google? Because I believe it's Google. I think we could have found this information on Axe Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe. So you know, hey, Apple TV, Netflix, Disney Plus, get in touch. We're talking about the man had. Eight other kids. Like, if you know you're doing a story about hey man, somebody, this sister wrote a damn book. <laughs> but still, you know you're doing a story about somebody based on their kid. Don't you look for Maybe the other kids with the other kids? <laughs> Maybe check with the other kids. I mean, come on. <laughs> I tell you. Nice work if you can get it. And she ain't had, she ain't had to come at Nia Long for a little bit. Oh no, Nia Long, she's just doing a job. Nia Long ain't do nothing. She ain't do but nothing be but black and beautiful. That's all. Hey, why you got why you got name check Nia Long? Oh, no. I mean Anthony Mackie in the joint. Samuel Jackson. Hey, she wanted you to know that he after his black wife he went and got a white wife, which apparently didn't fit into the narrative. Wow. So what you gonna do? That's true, but. I mean, but still. Hey, man. And Nia Long, look, Nia Long just did a check. Nia Long just did her thing. She just did her thing. And now we'll never see her in period-specific clothing with this kind of budget, which I was very much looking forward to. Yeah, because the other thing, it, it, it doesn't necessarily spell it out in this story, but one of the stories I read said that this whole, like, the machinations of, of what went down actually went down closer to the 70s. And if you look at the film or the trailer, it appears to be happening more like in the late 50s, early 60s. Look, I don't know anything about this movie. I knew it was coming out. We had the conversation last week. I was looking forward to it. And then, like, maybe last night, I saw that something, that there was some type of hiccup. And then this morning, it was everywhere. I know. In all of the trades. I know. And then I said, did no, like, like, I know there's an intern who was, who who got an, in, like, he, a, a kid from Harvard that, like, his dad knows the head of the studio and got him this internship. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody was in charge? Of, are you sure it's Google? Because I believe it's, it's Google. It's Google. Nobody was in charge of Googling this guy? <laughs> it's Google. Are you sure? It's Googling. Let's agree to disagree. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, well. It's Googling with two O's with standing in a place of eyes, as you can see what we see. <laughs> oh, Just my use goodness. Us. Well, this is a shame. The Griot has a story, Vince. I don't know okay. if you've he heard about. Have you? Are you familiar with the um, Facebook photo series "Humans of New York"? Oh my God! Have you read this? 
Have you I, read I, this? I system? skimmed through it. Oh, uh, my God. The, the Facebook photo series, Humans of New York, no stranger to public adulation, but there was one story of a colorful black woman who's lived an incredible <laughs> and interesting life. Yes, she has. And is not afraid to talk about no, it. No, she is not. And has been captivating readers all week. This post from the ex-stripper who goes by the name of Tangeray. <laughs> and even just calling her ex-stripper. She's like an adventurer. Yeah. 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 She's like, uh, she's like you know, Doc Savage. Right. Um, <laughs> her first post went up Monday detailing how her days of glitz, glamour, and gay bars during the 70s. <laughs> this is, she's fantastic. I'm going to read a little bit of from her first um, post. My mom threw me out of the house at 17 for getting pregnant. Then had me arrested when I tried to get my clothes. Then she effed the head of parole (laughs) to try to keep me in jail. This is how it starts. She was some prom. She was some prom punani back then. But the warden did some tests on me and found out I was smart. So I got a scholarship (laughs) to go anywhere in New York. I chose the Fashion Institute of Technology, which I hated. Because as we all know, prison wardens in that left drawer have smart test. Yes. Smart test. (laughs) We learned that from uh, Orange is the New Black. (laughs) (laughs) Look, just just stop right there. Because once you start, there is no natural stopping point. It's like Goodfellas. Like, her story (laughs) is... Wait, I gotta finish this part. <laughs> All right, you about to get pulled in. I know. About to get pulled in. I know. Next thing you know, Henry's gonna look up and it's the helicopters. Oh my god. Oh my god. My friend Paris used to sit at the bar and sell stolen clothes from Burdorf and Lord and Taylor's back before they had center tags. So I had the best wardrobe, mink coats, five inch heels, stockings with seams up the back. I look like a drag queen, honey. <laughs> One night. A Hasidic rabbi tried to pick me up because he thought I was a tranny, and I had to tell him, baby, this is real fish. (laughs) Okay, and now you stop. And now you stop. I stop. (laughs) Because now you're like, okay, well, I'll stop when Robert De Niro tries to get her to come down the alley. Try to get her to come down the alley. And it's like, okay, all right, okay, all right, I'm going to stop at the point where, and, and then the movie's over. And then, because you know what you do, it comes on, and you're like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch all the way until Joe Pesci says you think I'm funny. I'm just gonna watch that part." And you're like, "Okay, okay, 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 I'm gonna watch all the way to the point where he shoots Spider." <laughs> and you're okay, oh, okay, okay, and then, and, and then, like I said, next thing you know, the helicopter is flying over. And you Henry. might as well just right go all the way. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a it's an amazing story. This is an incredible story. And once again, Netflix, Warner Brothers, Disney Plus. When the deal is complete, because there's no question in my mind that she's right now negotiating some type of television. Somebody's locking deal this up with her life story. When the time comes, five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred. You still good for one million dollars. The men of Michelle will research and fact check her story for you. How the hell are we going to vet this story? Well, we'll start. We're going to find a Hasidic rabbi. We'll start with Google. We'll start with Google. 
which is a research tool. I don't know if, if, if you're familiar with it. Apparently, the people at Apple TV aren't. And, and we'll go from there. This is incredible. This is incredible, ladies and gentlemen. And um, the Griot has all three of her posts. She's had three posts that have gone up so far this week. Yeah. Um, she deals. I mean, she's got stories. Oh, four days, and they bring in. You'll see her name check. Well, she doesn't name check a president, right? But but she she mentions a president. She mentions a president. Uh, she name name checks one of the biggest Hollywood stars of the seventies. Yeah, um, in here, don't it, ruin it for people. I'm not. Like, you really need to read this, folks. Yeah, you really do. Um, <clears throat> it's not for sensitive ears, though, <laughs> or sensitive sensibilities. Mm-mm. Make sure you're near your fainting couch when you read this, Mm-mm. in case you catch the vapors. She got a picture of herself though back in the day. She was a good looking woman. Oh, oh. I I like when I see, she's actually a good looking woman now. Like she's a good looking older woman, right? And right. then and I actually said, yeah, I bet when she was young she was deadly. Oh, and yeah. then they showed the picture. I said, yep, yeah, yep, there it is. Got a certain kind of savoir faire about her. Yes, yeah, she does. All right, but 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 good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Most definitely. Um, did you hear about this movie? That Lena Waithe is producing. Uh, she's producing new screenwriter uh, Rada Blank's comedy, The 40-Year-Old Version. V-E-R-S-I-O-N. You know what? I have not. R- Radia Blank, who Variety notes as one of the 10 directors to watch for 2020. Um, Lena Waithe is producing her directorial debut, The 40-Year-Old Version. It's based on uh, Blank's script about a down-on-her-luck New York playwright who decides to reinvent herself and salvage her artistic voice the only way she knows how, by becoming a rapper at the age of 40. The film follows its protagonist as she vacillates between the worlds of New York's theater and hip-hop scenes, places where a black woman's voice are still often marginalized production is currently underway um filming in new york hey man you had me at lena waith yeah lena wait you had me at lena waith it's it's it, i guess it's, it shouldn't be an amazing who i'll be talking about in our in our film discussion actually oh really like i think lena waith is is very pertinent to our conversation hmm. today oh for this evening be interested to see where, where that goes um it's it's amazing. I first was introduced to Lena Waithe as an actress. Yeah. On yeah, Master, on of, Master None. of None. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And then I remember noticing <laughs> that she had um, written a couple of those episodes. Like mm-hmm. I saw her name in the credits. It's like, oh, she wrote a couple. And now, fast forward, she's created The Shy for Showtime. Mm-hmm. And. She's got a new movie that I it either has just come out or is yeah, coming out. Yeah, I think out. Queen and Slim comes out next week. Right, with yeah. uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. So, I mean, like, she's blowing up. I think once she got on my radar from Master of None, mm-hmm. I liked how she moved. Yeah. Like, I would see her in interviews, and I would see the, the things she was, you know, it's, it, 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 <clears throat> it's the same reaction I had to Issa Rae. 
mm-hmm. where I this is my sort of entree into this world. Right. But now that I'm here, I'm making these different moves. Yeah. So. But yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm trying down. to think of where uh, I'm trying to think of where else I saw uh, Lena Waithe, and that was in she was in um, Ready Player One. Yes, she was. Yeah. I was like, I know I saw her in something else. Yeah. Then I. I didn't like, right, right, right. but it was a good move though. It, no, it was a smart move. It was a very smart move. Definitely a, a smart move. And in a Midland film, she won that bad. Mm-mm. So. Um, I didn't know that uh, Radia Blank was actually has already been working. She's a writer and producer on Netflix. She's got to have it. Oh, okay, nice, nice. And a writer on Empire. Okay, all right, go so on. Do your thing. So I'll be looking forward to checking out the forty-year-old version. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of cool. All right, uh, all right. Let, let's see one one last story. Okay, where is this? Okayafrica.com. Okay. Idris Elba will be starring in Netflix upcoming all-black western. The Harder They Fall, the film also stars Jonathan Majors and is being produced by <coughs> one Jay-Z. I saw that. I saw that. I'm a sucker for a Western. I'm a, you know what? I was watching Buck and the Preacher last week, I think, and I and I shortlisted Buck and the Preacher on my own list because I'm the same way. Like, I love black cowboy movies. Yeah. And they did a lot of them in the 70s. A lot is strong, yeah. but but there there there's about a half dozen, mm-hmm. maybe even ten straight up black westerns from yeah. the seventies. Yeah. So, also starring in this film would be Jonathan Majors, who we just recently saw That's right. the last Black Man in San Francisco. That's right. I'm also looking forward to Jonathan Majors in the new HBO series Lovecraft Com- uh, Country. Oh, is he going to be in that? Uh, well, all right. Let me let me go back. Was Jonathan Majors the the main character or was he Monty? He's Monty. Yes. Yes, he's going to be in Lovecraft Country. Ooh. With um Journey Smollett and I think like Danny Glover. Ooh. But it's a neat book and it's a neat story and I think this is one of um Jordan Peele's deals and I'm looking forward to it. Lovecraft Country. Ooh. Okay. All right. All right. right. Idris Elba, they pointed out, you know, we we, we make the jokes about Samuel Jackson being the hardest working man in Hollywood. 2019, Idris Elba did Cats, Hobbs and Shaw, wrapped the movie Concrete Cowboy, which is about the the black horse riding people here here in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And he has a show in the long run, which was picked up by stars. Hey, and he's on money. every other commercial. Hey, make that money. I ain't mad at you, bro. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's get into. Let's get into. Jumping Jack Flash is a. I never knew what she was. It was a gas, gas, gas. Gas, gas, gas. The gas, gas, gas. Let's get into our review of Jumping Jack Flash. <laughs> we'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. balance of power, the safety of America, and the fate of the free world 
are all in the hands of a woman yeah! named Whoopi. Hi! You should be happy. The man's not going to press charges. This man is trying to kill me. Of course he's not going to press charges. She's discovered a deadly secret. You don't know anything about this, do you? I don't know about this. She's fallen in with a very tough crowd. Mr. Van Meter, what do you mean he's dead? Dead, dead? And if she can stay alive... Ah! See this face? Mm -hmm. It's the face of a woman on the edge. She just might save someone. Ah! The KGB? The KGB? Named Jumpin' Jack Flash. Century Fox presents the star of The Color Purple in a dangerously funny new comedy, Whoopi Goldberg in Jumpin' Jack Flash. Ah! Whoa! Get it! Get it! Get it! Jumpin' Jack Flash, a 1986 comedy adventure starring Whoopi Goldberg, is about a computer whiz woman played by Goldberg who works at a terminal in a New York bank. One day she gets a strange message and breaks the code in the message, and suddenly she finds herself in the middle of dangerous spy business. Again, this stars Whoopi Goldberg. It was the directorial debut of Penny Marshall. And when you look at the background of this film for very deliberate reasons, it is, it is almost a murderer's row of eighties working actors, Stephen Coleman, Carol Kane, Annie Potts, um, John Lovitz, Phil Hartman. This was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about 1986's Jumpin' Jack Flash? Well, before I go into Jumpin' Jack Flash from 1986, I have to jump back to 19, really probably about technically 83. Okay. In the development of one Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. A film that was um, produced by Don Simpson back at, at, at Paramount and was originally set to star in the lead Mickey Rourke Mm-hmm. Who then, because of scheduling, had to leave. And then, more famously, right. Sylvester Stallone. Right. Who actually wanted to do the film and rewrite it for dramatic purposes, make it more of a dramatic film. Right, because in its original iteration it was still a comedy it was still a, an action right comedy. it was always an action comedy okay right. okay so that's the one to take it a little bit more deeper and right. serious yeah it's going to make the character the axel foley um italian well a sylvester stallone character yeah it makes sense. makes sense ironically i think he's pretty funny when he gets a chance but go ahead we digress continue please we do um still sylvester stallone would ultimately not do the film okay okay so now they've got this film, you know, edging towards 
getting thrown into turnaround, which basically means that the film like, usually is just like, oh, God, nobody wants this movie. Mm-hmm. Yet, Eddie Murphy, who in 1983, 80, his star is decidedly on a rise. He realized they can get him and even with his star on a rise, get him for a cheaper price than Sylvester Stallone. Absolutely. Who is one of the top um, box office stars at that time, along with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Eddie Murphy, they lock on Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy does Beverly Hills Cop and thus the superstar Eddie Murphy is born. Right. The rest, (laughs) as they say, is history. Is history. Fast forward to 1985. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg has two coming out parties as far as Hollywood is concerned. She has a one woman show Mm -hmm. that is um, a huge hit on Broadway. Right. That HBO then films and puts onto their cable service where it blows up more, of course, because now more people can see this electrifying, unique talent that is Whoopi Goldberg. And does she win a Tony and an Emmy in that order? Yes. Tony for when it was on stage, Emmy. So for, so at this point that you're talking about, she's already halfway right. towards an EGOT. Exactly. Okay. And in that, in that one-woman show... Not only does she show her incredible talent, but you also are introduced to the energy that is Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. because she is just a force of nature on the on the stage as she inhabits, I think, like four or five totally separate, unique voices and characters. It's, it's, it's a remarkable performance. If remarkable you've never seen performance. That then leads to her being cast by Steven Spielberg in The Color Purple. Right. Where she blows the doors off of the rest of Hollywood. Right. You know, um, in a fa- leading that drama in, in a film that is still considered one of Steven, Steven Spielberg's best films. Absolutely. And criminally not she does not win an Oscar. Right. For that. But no one knocks her work. Right. In that film. So it is at that point that the star and truly the superstar Whoopi Goldberg is born. Right. So Hollywood has to figure out what are we going to do with Whoopi Goldberg? Well, mm-hmm. The Color Purple is decidedly a drama. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg has proven herself she can be dramatic, but she's proven herself from a one-woman show that she can be decidedly funny. Absolutely. So, okay, let's go far afield. Let's get her in something funny. Let's get her in, some, uh, in, in a comedy. Well, we've got a film called Jumpin' Jack Flash that we think will be right for Whoopi Goldberg. This is what Hollywood is saying. Never mind that this film <coughs> was originally placed at the feet of one Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. Shelley Long, who decidedly a very good actress. Yes. Emmy Award actress from her years on Cheers. Yes. Had made the move to Hollywood. Yes. And now it's starred in some middling films. Yeah, yeah. But showing herself to still have some chops. Right, right. Um, but also 
had shown herself to be at times a bit difficult. That's what the word was. That's the word. Yes, that's the word. A bit difficult to work with. So, Shelley Long is bypassed for Jumping Jack Flash. The script is a little herky-jerky. People are thinking like, I don't, I don't know if I really believe this script, but we got Whoopi Goldberg. And we can get her at this point, despite her superstar level, probably about the same amount of money, even a little cheaper. Than Shelley Long. Than Shelley Long. Yeah. So let's cast Whoopi Goldberg. And Whoopi Goldberg is this manic energy. Sure, the script might be a little trouble, but we'll throw Whoopi Goldberg in there, give her opportunities to be funny. We'll make it happen. Right. But the script is a little troubling, so there's a lot a lot of directors are passing on this film. Like, yeah. you know, I want to work with Whoopi Goldberg, but I don't know if I want to work right. with her on this thing. Right, this is a bit of a dog. Now, Penny Marshall, star of television from her days in Laverne and Shirley, in the 70s and into the early 80s. Maybe Hollywood royalty? Hollywood royalty of a kind because mm-hmm. of her brother, Gary Marshall, That's who right. was a, uh award-winning producer and director of his own. He famously and unabashedly greases the wheels a little bit. Right. And says, hey, why don't you give my sister Penny an opportunity? She's been, you know, chomping at the bitch, you know, coming to watch me do my thing. She wants to get a, a chance at directing. Why don't you give her a shot at this? All right. We'll give Penny Marshall a shot. So right. Penny Marshall, <coughs> acclaimed actress at this time, gets her directorial debut. Yes. Directing the superstar that is Whoopi Goldberg. Right. In the previously Shelley Long um, produced vehicle jumping Jack Flash. Here we are. Here we go. Let's get to it. All right. Let's make movie magic, baby. And how magical is it? Oh, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 um. Wow. Yeah. You, you remember the magician from. Frosty the Snowman. Yes. <laughs> the guy who just could not get it right. <laughs> oh, that's a very good pull. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thus, we have the magic. <laughs> Thus, we have. Of Jumpin' Jack, Jumpin Jack Flash. Flash. Sure. Every once in a while, the hat lands on Whoopi Goldberg's head, and she's funny for a couple of minutes. I was- <laughs> She's funny for a couple of minutes, boy. but then a breeze comes, boy, and that hat pops off, and she's just a dead snowman. That is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Whoopi Goldberg is Frosty the Snowman. In the, that is brilliant. That is fantastic. Because, man, I was watching this movie. Oh, I'm just, I'm like, please, just give me one. <laughs> give me one laugh. Something. Something to hang my head on. I mean, oh my God. This movie is re- is real rough. And I'm sorry. The fault squarely lies on Penny Marshall. Admittedly, her directorial debut. 
But we have talked about people who have made directorial debuts and they are something special. Mm. We just talked about one in our show from last week, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. That's not fair. I mean, last week, that's his whole, that was his whole creation, though. No, but we're talking about Penny Marshall, who has sat at the feet of her brother, an award-winning director of, 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 of note. Dude. If she only directs this as a long television series show. I don't know if Akira Kurosawa could have done something with this mess. The script is not good. The script is a mess. It's not funny. I don't know what parallel universe this film worked. Well, you know, I'll tell you. Or or rather where it worked because of the director. I'll tell you exactly one. As crazy as this film is, because the plot of it is that... You know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg is in in the role of Terry. It works at a bank who this British spy overseas has hacked into and sent her a message so that she can help him on the low get his butt home from where he's stuck in Russia. He needs an extraction from Russia. It's bonkers. It It is absolutely no sense and the machinations that she has to go through to get a frying pan because the frying pan's got the names of all these other contacts written on the back of it and then you got to go Annie she go to Annie Potts house and you got to go to Lady Sarah's house and she, she's all of a sudden dressed as Tina Turner yes. and one of the worst lip singing lip syncing scenes I've ever seen and and it's it it's bonkers it is it makes absolutely no sense I mean, but you know what else doesn't make film. but you know what else doesn't make any sense what ace ventura pet detective i was about to say and, and i don't think that's from the 90s but okay but still yeah, none of these high concept films from the 80s made sense but but i'm t- but that is a high concept film that, from the that 90s that you saying works it's bonkers yeah and it's only primarily works because the director gets out of the way yeah. of Jim Carrey and yeah. let Jim Carrey do his do his thing. And you can see there are moments when Petty Marshall is trying to do that with Whoopi, uh, Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Sure. Especially the scene where she has to decode the Jumpin' Jack Flash um song right. to find this uh this this key code or code key to break the password so she can talk to this guy, which makes absolutely no sense. If you're trying to get out of Russia, and you hacked into somebody's computer, and you know the person whose computer it is. Why are we going through this whole password thing just to prove that you are smart? That's basically what he says. I'm doing this just to prove that you're smart. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. But you know, but in yeah. that scene, she, you can see Penny Marshall trying to get out of jump uh, Whoopi Goldberg's way and giving Whoopi Goldberg like opportunity to just riff. Right, the magician's hat right. lands on Frosty's snowman. And it's Frosty there for, head for a few minutes. For, not even for a few minutes. For a few seconds. For a few seconds. For a few seconds. Then the and wind, then the, the breeze the wind, the comes, wind blows it away. <laughs> it blows it away. <laughs> and we are just stuck looking at this this, this uh, snowman yeah. in the middle of an yeah. apartment. Yeah. It, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. Yeah. It's a sh- because I, you want Whoopi Goldberg to just let loose. And she, she's... She is so straddled in this movie. It, it it just annoyed me. And then you see all the cameos of people who would become bigger stars. Right. But you've got John Lovitz in this movie. You've got the late, great Phil Hartman in this yeah. movie. Michael Keane, Tracy 
Olman, Carol yeah. Kane, right. Annie Potts. I mean, Jonathan Bryce. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. We're, we're not going to talk about Stephen Collins. Yeah. That's where it gets a little problematic. Right. But it's you looking at all these people, Jim Belushi, and you're waiting for somebody to break out in and, this movie. And, and to your point, part of the reason that that cast was there because Penny Marshall basically stacked the deck. She says she felt uncomfortable directing for the first time. So she called in all these people. Mm -hmm. So even even that is a reflection of her as uh, an unsure director. Right. So I just wanted to get that in there about the. Yeah. And it, it, it it just doesn't work. It just messes into this hodgepodge of a mess of a movie. I think the reason I am not as hard on Penny Marshall in this film as you are is because no one knew what to do with Whoopi Goldberg. If you look at Whoopi Goldberg's filmography, mm-hmm. and, and as, as you said, she comes out the gate, blockbusters, mm-hmm. until you get to Ghost... Which even I think her performance in Ghost, frankly, is overrated. Ooh. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, like, I think it really just got to the point where Hollywood was just, uh, uh, like, we got to do something. And they gave her an Oscar for Ghost. Whoopi Goldberg's filmography is underwhelming. Full stop. We can talk about Serafina, which was a very serious role. We can talk about, um, you know, any of those movies, you know, Clara's Heart, where, where, or, or any of those period piece period that where she's sort of defanged. Yeah, yeah. The problem with Whoopi Goldberg or the challenge that would, because I'm fascinated and we've talked about this. I am utterly fascinated by Whoopi Goldberg's film career. And I thought it was such a good point that you brought up Eddie Murphy as a counterpoint to Whoopi Goldberg's trajectory, because there are a few things that separate Whoopi Goldberg from Eddie Murphy in my mind. First and foremost, she's a woman point, which Everything that goes along with everything that everyone has ever said ever about female roles. And, right. and Whoopi Goldberg has talked about that as well. You, you know, going out for roles and, and, and trying to get a role this, that, and the other. Two, she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Which, while Eddie Murphy is a black man, it's a different dynamic. Yes. So Whoopi Goldberg is this black woman who, three, frankly got too famous too quickly to be in the types of films she needed to be in. And what I mean by that is this. Because of Whoopi Goldberg's career trajectory, mm-hmm. and she talks about this, Whoopi Goldberg was in the same the, the, the same orbit as people like without hyperbole, like like you, you know, uh um, you know, Meryl Streep or 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 okay. or, or, or um Shirley MacLaine or mm-hmm. or or you know even Cher post Moonlight, right? Like she was a top tier actress right. or a top tier celebrity, rather, mm-hmm. top tier talent. So that 
those were the projects that she was rightfully going for. Right. And the problem was, and, and, and frankly, I think remained throughout the vast majority of her career. Oh, I'm not finished listing things. Whoopi Goldberg is also a dark-skinned black woman who wears her hair natural. Yes. Which, frankly, I don't think anyone in Hollywood has known how to shoot, how to characterize, how to sexualize, how to do any of that until like maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Like like in my notes, I have a whole little section with Joie Lee and, and, mm. and our beloved um, Phyllis Stickney. Mm-hmm. And you look at how how they're just as Im- as images they worked. But even them, they were in small films. Yes. Or, or smaller films than where Whoopi Goldberg was. <clears throat> and I think this film is indicative of it. They have her they have her in, in these huge balloon clothes. Which the- were the time though. No. They no, were the time. There were other women in this film. Okay. All right. All right. I hear you. I hear you. And I say all that it's so funny. There's there's a new interview with Whoopi Goldberg, and I think Paste Magazine, where where she talks about it's like the the interview act, interviewer actually said, you know, you had a killer body in the eighties, and Whoopi was like, yeah, but nobody wanted to see it. Nobody wanted to to do all this. I know we talk about Whoopi Goldberg's personal style and this, that, and the other, but a lot of this was Hollywood mandated. Whoopi Goldberg makes three films right in a row, so it's this, it's Fatal Beauty, and it's Burglar. Right. And it's all this same sort of thing where they defang and desexualize Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg famously says that the director of Fatal Beauty, because she pushed for a, a, a romance between her character and Sam Shepard. And the director, whose name I just lost, said to Whoopi Goldberg, all of this is out of Whoopi Goldberg's mouth, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, this character, Sam Shepard's character, is based on me. And this is not somebody who would be sexually attracted to you. So there's all of this. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. I'm sorry, Sam Elliott. And the director of Fatal Beauty was. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. So Tom Holland tells Whoopi Gerberg, Sam Elliott would never want to be in a relationship with you because I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with you. Mm. But these are the spaces that Whoopi Goldberg was in mm-hmm. in the 80s. And it just kept her from fully being herself like she never had an opportunity to fully be a character and to fully be herself and to your point about frosty's hat which again i think is brilliant because there are there are there are there are flashes in this film where the hat lands Mm -hmm. there's one moment in this well there's there's a passing comment but there's one real moment where she acknowledges that she's a black woman where she goes to the police department and and the, the 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 police sergeant that she's talking to basically accuses her of being a prostitute, and she says, "You think every time a, you see a black woman that she's a prostitute?" Mm-hmm. And then the two of them start arguing, but Whoopi Goldberg is wondrously profane. Yes, going yes. back and forth with this, and and for my like, this is the mo- like it was like, oh my god, it's Whoopi Goldberg finally. Yep. Yeah, and that's that was my moment where the hat landed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this film is not interested in that Whoopi Goldberg. No. And while yes, I I always agree that the buck stops with the director. I'm not ready to say that this is Penny Marshall's fault because she was a young director 
or a new director because none, none, none of these directors knew what to do with her. Like none of them. Mm. What's the film that works? Tell me the Whoopi Goldberg film that works. Sister Act? Till you get to Sister Act. I, I actually forgot about Sister Act. But before you get to Sister Act. Uh, before you get to Sister Act, yeah. It's, it, um, it's a lot of hit and misses. And even after Sister Act. And after Sister Act, well, Sister Act is 92. And after Sister Act, uh, uh, people like Karina Karina. Uh, you know, she's very serious. When's the last time somebody mentioned something about Karina Karina? And when they did, when's the last time they talked about Whoopi Goldberg's performance in Karina Karina? And she was good on, um, she was good on Star Trek. <laughs> she was good on Star Trek. I thought she was fantastic on there was an episode of A Different World where she played a professor. I thought she was amazing. There was actually a clip going around where she was on SVU mm. a couple of years ago. Look, I think Whoopi Goldberg is a transcendent talent. Yeah. My argument is no one knows what to do with her or no one knew what to do with her yeah. for decades. Yeah, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at her filmography. <laughs> It's a little rough. It's a little rough, except for a couple of voice acting things. Yeah, and to pull in Lena Waithe, like I said, I think the tragedy is that Whoopi Goldberg was so ahead of her time. Like, can you imagine what a Barry Jenkins or a Lena Waithe or Ava DuVernay would have done with a young could do with a twenty-five-year-old Whoopi Goldberg? Mm. Like, can you imagine? Mm. Mm. So you get this. She was good in Soap Dish. It's 9,000 characters in Soap Dish. <laughs> She's in Soap Dish for what? Five minutes? I like Soap Dish. I mean, I like Soap Dish too, but no, when's the last time you said, boy, I like Soap Dish? Hey, let's turn on the Whoopi Goldberg part. <laughs> Not that it's bad, but I'm just saying, you know, it's like it's so I many. was looking. I, look. I was looking for something. Hey, man. <laughs> Let me know when you get to the stop that I've been at for 20 years. Like I said, I am fascinated by Whoopi Goldberg's filmography. Because to me, it's one of the great indictments of Hollywood. Yeah, you're right, her man. Film, right, right, her filmography. You're right. I mean, I'm looking at these films. Um, this, this, like, if you're putting together, like, a Whoopi Goldberg, like, movie festival, I mean, you're going color purple, uh... Uh, I'm, I'm ghost. You're going ghost. No, I think she's all right in ghost. You're going ghost. You're going sister act. Going probably sister, sister act. act too. Um, like I said, Karina Karina has fans, so you're going there. And then maybe for the, uh, yeah, maybe you get to go to the Lion Kings for the voice. No, yeah. And that's a that's wow. That's it. And um, again, the way that Whoopi Goldberg is desexualized throughout this entire period, because I think one of the things about Sister Act is that she's sexualized. Mm -hmm. And you do, and you're like, oh, all right, Whoopi Goldberg. And there is a moment in this film where she wears... Where she dresses Tina Turner. She wears an evening, right. And the wig is ridiculous. Yes. But Whoopi Goldberg looks good. She looks good. And there's also the scene in that. Right. The that dress scene, gets ripped. Uh, and, yeah. And it's pulling at her. And you're yeah. like, oh, Whoopi Goldberg. It's like, all right, Whoopi 
skull burn, woman. And then they put her back in the circus tent. Okay. Yeah. You know, then she's in the potato sack again. That's true. That's true. Because again, she's a dark skinned black woman who wears her hair natural. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what to do with, with, with this. Like, really, somebody should have gone and got Spike Lee and say, Spike, shoot Whoopi Goldberg like you do Joale. Yeah, you're right. I used to love some Joale. Mm, mm, mm. She was on one of the covers of Essence. Remember Essence? Like, and in the back of Essence, they would have the cover. But without all the words on it, it was mm, like, yeah, just a, essence, the photo. You miss yourself, and I had pictures all around my dorm room from Essence, and one of my favorite pictures was the one of Joali because like her cover was purple, and she had on like this purple dress, and she had like her locks in like this bun deal. Mm-hmm. I used to love me some Joali. Mm, mm, mm. I had totally different pictures all over mine. It was not, it was not Essence covers. Well, that's because I was sophisticated. I was, I was sophisticated. You sophisticated. Yours was under the mattress. Right. I, bought, I was born right. put mine on the wall. I buy essence and cut the pictures out. <laughs> I had totally different pictures. Plot wise, I kind of disagree with you. What? I think this is a film that could work. No, I'm saying it could work. The, the plot. I mean, it's, I thought it's bonkers. The, right. I think the plot, like, it's like, you know what? Could see someone re reworking this and, and remaking this. It, it's it's a bonkers script, but it could work as just a piece of nonsense with a better director. Oh, now you're back to the director. I'm right. sorry. All right, all right. I mean, plot wise, it's not bad. This plot wise, you can make it work, but the script would still need punching up because the jokes aren't funny. Um, but a director maybe gets some of the physical bits, the physicality, sure, over. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so I'm not going to knock that. It's just, it's just altogether a mess, and it's just such a waste. I mean, I'm a huge Annie Potts fan, and she's wasted in this movie. Look, that the 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 computer bay where they all work, like you said. Oh, that's <laughs> like a, a John Lovitz, Phil Hartman. Carol Kane. And when's the last time you saw Carol Kane? You talk about sexualized. When is the last time you saw sexy Carol Kane? I mean, the only time I I mean, I always just think of Taxi. Yeah. yeah. She, she's not right. sexy in that. Right. But it's like, how do you have, and then Whoopi Goldberg. Right. Like, how do you have the four of them in a 20 by 20 room and you don't just let them go to town? I know. Like, I know they're all young, and maybe you don't realize what you have with John Lovitz and, and Phil Hartman, but Carol Kane at this point is is a known entity. And all of, and Phil Hartman and John Lovitz, well, you might not know what you have. They're on Saturday Night Live at this time. And I think, Penny again, Penny Marshall pulled them all in. Yeah. So, I, like, I would see that. I'd actually forgotten how much they were in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking... Oh my God, why isn't there more here? Why is this just a workplace comedy? Why isn't it just a workplace comedy? But I understand that you don't want to have it as a workplace comedy because you got Whoopi Goldberg and right. she and she is like light years above them. She doesn't even really truly interact with them. They kind of like just buzz around they, her. They just sort of buzz around and and to your point, I do think that that is, that, that is a failure of the direction. Yeah. That, you know, that part of it. She only intera- interacts really with one person. Yeah. Um, the person at the beginning of the film, played by Ren Wood, who leaves. Right. Because she's pregnant. Right, right, right. And so, you know, to be clear, I don't think this is a well-directed film at all. 
I, I think the only thing that I kind of go eh, is is Whoopi Goldberg because mm-hmm. again, as as an entity and as a talent, Hollywood for thirty years showed they didn't know what to do with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and yeah. Well, look. Despite that, she is, you know, unabashedly an icon. Come on, man. In Hollywood. So um one of my absolute favorite things over the past ten years has been older Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. who just don't care. Yeah. And says whatever she wants. Like Whoopi Goldberg had had me halfway watching the view every day. <laughs> just to hear Whoopi Goldberg be, I love her so much. Yeah. I used to watch the well, I, I, I haven't watched it in a while because I, I believe my girl the Joy Behar had left. But then I think she came back, but I think she's left again. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I just I know Whoopi know. Goldberg was on there and I saw her the first couple of times. And she was just an older black woman who mm-hmm. just did like, you know, I love, you know, I love old black people because they just say wild stuff. <clears throat> she's been doing a lot of supporting roles. She, you know, like you said, she's not a big, like, you know, leading film, but she's been doing some supporting roles. She was uh, in Four Colored Girls. Right. Right. Um, in 2010. She was in Top Five. She shows up in there. Right. Right. She was in, um, the other other Tyler Perry film that was just out she was last in, year t- with Tiffany Haddish and um, my girl. What t- oh, is that? Nobody's fool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's my girl's name? That just uh, I don't know how I forget her name because I love her so much. Uh, that would be that film starred Tiffany Haddish, Tika Sumpter. Tika Sumpter. Yeah, I was about to say that was a Tika Sumpter movie. You're a Tika Sumpter fan. Oh, I love Tika Sumpter. I. I love Tika Sumner so much that I don't like anything she's ever been in, but I love Tika Sumner. Okay. That's how much I love Tika Sumner. Okay. All right. Who knew? All right. So would you recommend, well, well you got to ask me. Would you recommend Jumping Jack Flash? No. Okay. Don't waste your time. Okay. It is, it is not, you know, there's, I was trying to find, there is a Whoopi Goldberg movie that eventually we'll get to. Okay. That I would recommend. Um, but I don't remember the name of it. It's the film, maybe you know the name, where she pretends to be a white guy. Oh, The Player. Yeah. 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 I'd recommend that. Yeah. Is another movie. Again, the, these films have this fascination with disembodying Whoopi Goldberg. Like there's... Like there's this real resistance to Whoopi Goldberg's black body. It's always this type of scenario. She's pretending to be this person and jumping Jack Flash. Yeah, she's not. It's not the player. I didn't think it was the player. It's not the name. Of, it's like the player or the coach or something. No, no, no. What's it Cause called? Because the, the player, I, I, I thought so. Is, is the Robert Altman movie with uh, Tim Robbins? No, 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 no. What is? Look at all right. What's the name of the coach? Because I know the exact film you're talking about. I thought it was called The Player. What's it called? I don't know. I'm looking for it's it. It's like in the 90s. I know. I mean, it's got to be right there. I'm, well, dude, I'm looking. Uh, Soap Dish, House Party 2. Oh, Jesus. She showed up in that. Um, no. No. I can't find it. What do you want me to Did tell? you look at Google? I'm looking at Google. 
Well, the coach movie you're talking about is Eddie. That's what I'm talking about. No, that's not the movie I'm talking about. The coach movie is Eddie with her and Frank Langella. That's when she was dating Frank Langella. Um, oh, the movie I'm talking about is The, the Associate. The Associates, right? So not the player. The I knew it was it was one of them one word type deal. Yes. Yeah, the associate. Yeah, that's the, that's the film. That's a, I thought that was a funny movie. Look again, the, all these movies they, they desexualize her, they disembody her. Like like we, there was this thirty year period where film acted like it was afraid of Whoopi Goldberg's black body. And the associate was one of those films. Like you said, she was pretending to be a white guy, hijinks ensue. Yeah. You know, even in, in Jumpin' Jack Flash, it starts here where I thought it was fascinating where she's going back and forth with this spy. They basically have a cyber relationship. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know until halfway through the film that she's a woman. Right. And I said, that's the most Whoopi Goldbergiest thing that's ever been in a film. She's so disembodied that her love interest doesn't even know she's a woman. Yes. But he does become attracted to her. I mean, yeah, you know, she gets a hug and well, I think it was more than a hug. Right. They walked off. They you know? walked off. Again, it's all very chaste. I don't and this is this is per Whoopi Goldberg. Like Whoopi Goldberg talked talks about this. Okay. How they kept her away. From the men. So, you know. She had plenty of men. Remember her dalliances no, with no, Ted? No, 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 no. I'm, I know, yes, I'm on saying. film, yes. I know, I know. Right. I know. Her personal life is her personal life. Yeah, yeah. she ain't gone. Right. Booby ain't. <laughs> was a rolling stone. Yes. <laughs> All right. You didn't ask me. Would you recommend this film? I would not recommend this film. You sound like a baby. You didn't ask me. However... I think if you are interested in black film, you need to watch a Whoopi Goldberg film from this period. And of the three, I think Burglar is the best. And let me just tell you all, saying that Burglar is better than (laughs) Fatal Beauty and Jumping Jack Flash is, look, it's a dog too. It is. But I do think that much like we were talking about Sidney Poitier at that moment in the 60s -hmm. as this black film iconic presence mm-hmm. actually a better example would be yours you talk about Eddie Murphy's presence in the 80s as this black image I think Whoopi Goldberg is this parallel black image Okay, that if you're interested in the history of black people in film you should have a Whoopi Goldberg movie that you can point to and because these issues are in all of these movies and you can say, okay, this is my Whoopi Goldberg film and this, that, and the other. But I would not choose Jumping Jack Flash. No. No. Me neither, ladies and gentlemen. It is a black film, though, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Although they they do their damnedest to deracialize her. They do. <laughs> they do. It's, a, yeah, it's a mess. Don't, don't yeah. check it out. Um, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask the missionaries a favor we got a suggestion from a big fan of our show former guest of our show uh, Ariel Johnson uh, famously of uh, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House she sent me a, a message 
saying, hey, Len, I'm listening to the Michelle Mission where you are reading letters after the Carmen Institute uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Institute. And I got an idea. One listener asked if you would review the Blues Brothers, and you and Vince both agreed <gasps> that it is not a black film, but you could read it black. What if you did a month of movies that are not black films, but for whatever reasons, they have had a big impact and following among black people. You could call it invited to the cookout. Hmm. I like that idea. I like it. I like that idea. I've never really liked this notion of inviting people to the cookout, but but I like the idea. Yeah, you're you like private cookouts. I do like private cookouts. <laughs> but um, I mean, I was just talking about Goodfellas an hour an hour ago. If that's not the blackest whitest movie, Goodfellas. Oh, black people love Goodfellas. Black people love Goodfellas, black but I don't know. If, love... But I don't think you can read. You don't Goodfellas. Right, right. You couldn't read it. Right. We're not talking about white films that black people like. Yeah, there's a we're ton talking of black. About, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about white films that we could read black. Yeah. Like my beloved Blade Runner. Blade Runner? Oh, you and I have had drinks. We've talked about Blade Runner. How I think Blade Runner is the blackest movie with no black people in it ever made. Blade Runner is the blackest movie with no black people in it that's ever been made. It's a whole film about runaway slaves and passing. All right, well, maybe. Um... I like this idea, though. Yeah, me too. So I want to ask the missionaries for their help in um, pulling together maybe a list of films. A list of films that we could read black. That we could read as black. And I think we're going. We're not going to do it until probably, we're going to do it in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Because this it's invited to the cookout, so right, it'll be right, right for the time for the summer. Right, exactly. Um, but it, So it'll give us some time. But I, I was actually thinking of a film. Somebody mentioned it in the... Um, uh, Facebook group a little bit, not in this context. Right. Um, Flashdance. Primarily because the ambiguity of Jennifer Beals. I think that's such a muddy example because I think you could argue Flashdance is a black movie. Because of because Jennifer Beals. Right. So you could read it as black, but I don't think it, it, people see it as a black film. That is, I almost wouldn't, oh, but if we do it on a regular, I almost would like to do a regular episode for Flashdance. I mean, it'll still be a number. It'll still be no, a number. No, 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 but I think if we're, if we're saying. You want to do it under right. the auspices of that this is a black film. Or not. Okay, but right. but it but it's enough of a question that we should formally answer. Okay, as opposed to this is a white film. Like again, I would never argue that Blade Runner is a black film, mm-hmm. but I think bringing blackness to a reading of it mm-hmm. is really really interesting. Same with Blues Brothers. Like I would never argue Blues Brothers is a black film, right? But reading it black. So, what about Scarface. See, I think Scarface is more like Goodfellas. See, now we've just yeah, moved to yeah, right. movies that black people love. <laughs> I just went to review Scarface. Hey, man. Oh, I know what movie. Oh, all right. So we're going to need. All right. So we need two movies because we got to do Blues Brothers because right. somebody suggested it. So right. we got to do Blues Brothers. Um, And I know the other movie. And, and we're going to do Blade Runner. Well, we was, I thought those were the two movies that well, we got to do. Cause I was All right. 
we'll, we'll let the we'll let the all right Michelle the okay. missionaries decide. All right, we know we're gonna do blues blues brothers. Yes, because somebody suggested that. Yes, we'll have the the missionaries choose two other films between them. Well, they'll select put out a bunch and we'll pull two. Right. And then the fourth one will decide between Blade Runner or The Dark Crystal. The Dark because because we'll, we'll talk. I want to I I want to see if it reads black. Oh for God's sake. Somebody suggested yes, that the yes, movie yes, read yes, black. Yes, yes, we'll decide between them. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, our 200th episode is coming up. 200 episodes on February 27th, 2020 at World Cafe Live. The Michelle Mission will be celebrating our 200th episode as we review Shaft starring Richard Roundtree. And that will be followed by a 70s soundtrack Soul Train Dance Party DJed by internationally known Scheme Richards. We're going to have the Michaud Mission uh, signature drink. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. Tickets are on sale now. Go to MichaudMission.com under events for more information so you can grab your seats to be in the house for this very special live edition of the Michaud Mission. Like and follow us on all the social medias at Michaud Mission. Don't forget this show is available in an edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM, People Powered Media, Philly Cam, 106.5 FM here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, Podglomerate Curated Podcast for your listening pleasure. He's Vince. I'm Len. And the movie that we're doing next week, which will be Vince's choice, is... Well, we're moving to the holiday season now. It's the holiday season. We're officially moving into the holiday season. And, and, you know, and, and frankly, it was a lot of slick talk about Penny Marshall this episode. (laughs) And as we all know, this was not Penny Marshall's only foray into film. No, it was not. With black cast or an entire black cast. And I think when you put those two together, when you talk about the cast and you talk about we're moving into the holiday season. Oh, boy. Next week, we're going to do The Preacher's Wife. Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston. Okay. I forgot that she directed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. That was smooth. That was smooth. That's smooth, right? That's smooth. That's smooth. I was scared. Like, people were like, they they be talking. No, this is real time. Uh, Okay. All right. I'm with that. Mm Mm-hmm. You like my programming. I, I like that. Yeah. Have you ever seen the original? Oh, the bishop's wife? Come yeah. on, dog. A lot of people haven't. The bishop wife is fantastic. A lot of people don't know that this is a remake. Oh, well, that is a shame. Yes. 
Funny Cary Grant is my favorite Cary Grant. I know. Funny Cary Grant is my favorite Cary Grant. It's not my favorite Funny Cary Grant It's not my favorite Funny Cary Grant movie, but it's a great movie. What's your favorite Funny Cary Grant movie? I mean, you know, Bringing Up Baby. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't going to go there. Where were you going to go? Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I like Bringing Up Baby. I like Bringing Up Baby, too. You know, he's got the robe on. Yeah. And he's just sort of overwhelmed by all of it yeah but arsenic you, watch that again he's overwhelmed like a mother uh, in arsenic and old lace. that's him in six makes egg rolls where now he's old is that him I think is so. that him in six makes egg I rolls think so because i like old cary grant too i don't like old cary grant you don't like old cary grant no let me let me, let me let the me oldest check. cary grant i like is charade and even then is pushing it let me let me look it up. Like a make sure, dirty old man going after Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Is he a six man? I was about to say he's not. That's Doris Day. I'm thinking about what am I thinking about with Cary Grant and some kids? Oh, Cary Grant. And some, oh, that's the movie. Is that the movie where they're like shipwrecked on an island? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that movie. I know which movie you're talking right. about. I like with Six You Get Egg Roll too, though. Mm. Yes, yeah, Brian Keith and Arm um, Doris Day. Yeah, Brian Keith. Hey, 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 hey! Don't nobody come to with Six You Get Egg Roll for Brian Keith. You come for Doris Day. True, but mm. better Doris Day. I mean, yes, Doris Day. Better I like, Doris I like my Day. Doris Day with Rock Hudson, All right. or James Gardner. Right. Anyway, The Bishop's Wife is fantastic because that's Denzel and Whitney. No, the preacher's wife is Denzel. Oh, the bishop's wife is bishop's wife is character. Yeah. All right, all right. And but I, yes, I have seen the bishop's wife. All right, but we're watching the preacher's. But wife. we're watching the preacher's <laughs> wife. <laughs> Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>